everyone. Liz Collin here. Thank you for joining us and welcome to Liz Collin Reports, a place for truth and meaningful Minnesota conversations. On the podcast today, you know his work here on Alpha News. We know his sense of humor, too. His cartoons appear daily on our website. A.F. Branco joins us from his home today to talk about how, as it says on his website, he slays dragons of leftist lunacy with his razor sharp humor. We'll get into his background, what he sees as Minnesota's biggest problems, and his take on what comedy and satire have turned into today. Thank you so much for being with us. You said it's OK if I call you Tony, right? Absolutely. I know that you live a little ways away from Minnesota, smart guy, uh, but we sure do give you plenty of material, I feel like, uh, from these parts to be able to pick up your pencil, Tony. You must kind of feel like you live here, but I know you, you in fact, uh, did at one point. Um, no, I've been there a few a couple of times. Um, I took when I was working for um, a corporation years ago, I took a class there. It was a couple of years, a couple of weeks. But oh, I just um, it sounded like to me that you lived here for just for being there for a couple of weeks. I got you. OK, yeah. now. But I don't know if I'm all that smart because I live in Washington state. So I think it's jumping from the fire to the skillet into the fire in a, in a lot of ways. But I'm akin to, to uh, what, what's happening in Minnesota, because a lot of what's happening in Minnesota is happening across the nation. And talk a little bit more about that, you know, speaking of plenty of material, in fact, where you live now, but also you're you're a California kid. Give us a, a bit of your background. Oh, well, I uh, was born and raised in Fort Bragg, California. Um, lived there until about my my junior year in high school. And my mom and my mom and dad had divorced years prior and she decided to move up where her family was. Did the remainder of my high school there, joined the military. Uh, was in the military for about three years. Uh, I, they had back then they had three year terms. Uh, was in the mil- the military police or MP Corps, military police corps. Got a job because jobs were really it was around the Carter administration um, and things were really bad. So I picked up a job at a sawmill and was kind of playing music on the weekends and and that type of thing and. Um, I started drawing cartoons at the sawmill about just uh, local issues that were going on with the employees, the employers. And I was having a lot of fun with it. The sawmill was having a lot of fun with it. And it's kind of where I kind of honed in and cut my teeth, um, believe it or not, at a sawmill of all things. Um, eventually it sounds like a country song song already, but yeah, that's what's <laughs> interesting. You, you didn't set out to, to do this. No, uh, I eventually, uh, right after the sawmill, I worked, I, I got my own business, uh, graphic business, screen printing and graphic. I come up with some really good, uh, designs for stores in the area. The spotted owl thing was going really heavy at that time. Logging, um, anti-loggers were coming out and I was, I was kind of uh, pro-logger designs and they did really well. And I just kind of moved into just all out graphic designs. Um, And I I did that for about 11 years and was kind of playing around that moved into the Clinton years. And I was kind of dabbling in cartooning, but not really taking it too serious and not really getting too involved. Just I would throw a cartoon out once in a while and the Internet was just getting engaged. I don't think there was a Facebook yet. Uh, There wasn't much of a social media, but I did have a website. Um, And then I kind of put it on hiatus for a little while. 
Um, uh, then when the Obama uh, administration became fully engaged with trying to uh, take over our health care, I, I had to have a way to vent. I had to have a way to uh, express myself. And by then, social media was engaged. And, uh, and it, you know, I started out with just a few followers and then it just slowly moved into what it is now. I, I think right now on True Social, I have about, uh, uh, let's see, 120,000 wow. um, uh, followers. Um, and I thought I was doing great in the beginning, just having 20 that were paying attention to me. <laughs> so. so back then is when this kind of became a calling, as you say, Tony. I think so. It started out as a way to vent. And then people were appreciating my venting. You realized other people felt the same way. <laughs> Absolutely. Build it and they will come, I guess, is the kind of the, the mantra there. But I, I, yeah, and uh, it's just kind of growing from there. Um, I put out I put out the way I feel about the politics and the issues of the day, and people seem to appreciate it. I think, you know, it would be nice to talk a little bit about your creative side, because many of us don't really know how this works. We're like, hey, this is fun. This guy gets to draw cartoons for a living. But you have to kind of commit to a lot of these characteristics early on uh, for these characters that, that you feature. Um, but talk about that. What goes into deciding, you know, which features to, to really highlight? I know we love... Uh, President Joe Biden, you do uh, Obama so well, Tim Walls uh, here in Minnesota. Those eyebrows are, are amazing. But just talk about talk about your creative process. Uh, boy, um, yeah, getting the characters down, uh, something that you can live with. Um, and they sort of evolve. Um, I start out with them looking a certain way. And then over time, they, you know, I, I hone in on some of their characteristics uh, with Obama was his ears. Uh, Pelosi, uh, Biden um, is pretty much an easy target right now. Uh, I, I put him with an empty bubble on his head, a little bit of blood on his hands from the Afghanistan thing, the sippy cup, uh, those things. Once you start putting those in the cartoon, people expect them. So I hear about it if I miss something. How long does it take for you to complete a cartoon? I guess you're a digital cartoon cartoonist? Well, I was drawing on paper and then scanning it in. And that was taking, you know, it was an extra step. Um, the thing nice about paper is that you got a, you got an actually hard copy uh, that you can stow away. Um, but because I, I became pretty busy, I just started drawing right on a tablet. And that took out that took out some time in the process. So it's still manually drawing with a pen. Because basically what I was doing is I was I was drawing on paper, scanning it in the computer and then adding shading and color on the computer anyway. And that's what most all artists do um, as far as cartooning goes. And it can probably just depend on, on what you're drawing as to how long it takes. Yes. Yeah, so how much information, how many objects are in the cartoon, uh, how involved. I try to keep my cartoons simple as possible mm -hmm. because the message uh, is more um, jumps off the page a little better if they have to read a lot of stuff and have to see a lot of things on there kind of to me takes away from the objective of getting that particular point across. Do you ever have writer's block or cartoonist block, I guess, in your case, or is there just so much? I would think there's so much, especially uh, now that you're maybe up at night with a million ideas at once. 
Well, actually, uh, yes, I get I'm just I'm a victim of it just as much as anybody else. Um, And it's hard to jar out of it at times. But you're right. There is a lot of material to work off of. Um, Sometimes I just have to go into a room, a quiet room, close my eyes and try to see something a little bit humorous and try to find a way to present it to where people can get it and enjoy it and want to share it um, and make sure that it uh, stays true to what I want to present, how I'm feeling about a particular issue. I would think that would be hard because it's kind of like if we weren't laughing, in some cases, we, we would be crying and <laughs> you have a lot of weight on your shoulders trying to depict that. It's threading the needle sometimes because there there are issues. There are things that you just can't be funny about. Um, mm-hmm. We've in recent days, we've seen a few of those issues pop up. So you have to be a little bit more serious. Uh, try to find out what the objective is. What point do you want to put across? Um, for instance, the, the gun issue right now is very hot. And I want to put across my personal preference is before you talk about gun control, before you talk about anything, you need to protect those kids. Because if if you're just talking about gun control and talking about gun laws and all that, you're not really serious about protecting kids. So first thing I feel we need to do is to protect or secure those schools and protect our kids. And then you can talk about the rest of the stuff. So this is some heavy uh, subjects, obviously. So you have to be careful about uh, sometimes balancing that um, to get the message across. Talk about Minnesota politics. I think a lot of us are curious for your hot takes, if you will. But, you know, a lot of big races uh, coming up across the country, including here in Minnesota in November. But, you know, you have that outsider insider perspective. What direction do you do you think that uh, Minnesota is headed in this fall? You know, I really don't know. I think the whole nation as a whole. And Minnesota is definitely a big part of that uh, is leaning to the right. Now, how much to the right Minnesota will go, that's hard to say. But uh, I enjoy Minnesota politics because it is reflective of a lot of what's happening in the nation. Going back to George Floyd, uh, the riots, um, all of that was a big part of Minnesota, but it's also a big part of the United States and the United States, the entire nation was looking at Minnesota. So uh, people people begin looking at Minnesota for what was happen- going to happen to them. It used to be the phrase is, uh, as California goes, so goes the nation. Well, for a while there was what happens in Minnesota, so goes the nation. Maybe you wouldn't be heartbroken if you didn't have to draw uh, Governor Tim Walls uh, past November? Uh, no, I, li- I, like, I like drawing Tim Walls. Um, <laughs> Uh, he's he's like so many left wing uh, governors, and I think he needs to be um, he needs to be truth to powered, you know. And that's what cartoons are is you know uh, showing truth to power. I believe you know. So um, I don't know what type of guy he is. I've never met him, but some of his politics go against mine. And let's talk about some of those uh, current cartoons that you've had out this week, since you obviously are doing. Do such a great job keeping up with current events, as you said, lots of lots of material. But we're going to show one here um, for our viewers. A uh, few heads pointing back there uh, to January 6th, not wanting to, to face the long list of things right in front of them, but that uh, perhaps deserve 
much more attention. But yeah, talk about this one. Well, the point uh, I believe in this cartoon is that they you're right. They don't want to talk about the disaster they've created um, with uh, at the Afghanistan disaster, inflation, gas prices. And I have a whole list. Um, they, they're sitting in a swamp. Basically, that's what comes out of the swamp, a lot of disaster. And I believe that the Democrats, uh, their policies uh, don't work. And they have nothing to offer other than to point fingers at the Republicans. See those dastardly Republicans over there. They're, you know, they look what look what they did on January 6th. Look, go back to January 6th and not look at what the problems that we've created. We also have the Prime Minister of Canada making a point with his flag, even his his button that he's wearing in this cartoon, Tony. Oh, the uh, I love Cuba. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I, I, I think some of these uh, Democrats and some of these uh, left wingers are actually um, tyrannical authoritarian dictators at heart. And uh, they're looking for any excuse to impose their their impose what they would like to see happen to their country. Um, I, I believe that uh, Trudeau envies China envies Castro uh, and, and some of these dictators. And he's using the thing that happened uh, in Texas at the Robb Elementary School as a way to grab guns from honest citizens. Uh, that's scary to me. So. And I also think what's what's great, too, is you do such a, a good job, sometimes with very just simple um, sketches. I was going to bring your attention to the, you know, the light switch that you you drew recently about the economy. Just a simple on and off switch. But sometimes that that could be effective to get your messaging out. Absolutely, the the more simple, the better. Sometimes um, that is basically, it, you know, when people uh, look at what's happened since Biden in the last sixteen months or so that he's been in office. Uh, somebody once said, not too long ago, I can't remember who it was who said it. He says, it's not fair that we're we're uh, comparing Biden to Carter, because Carter, it took four years to destroy the country. And it's only took it's only taken uh, Biden 16 months. And basically what he's did, he, he shut down everything that Trump was for, I believe, basically out of spite. Again, I don't believe that Biden really understands what he's doing. He just he's just taking orders and reading a teleprompter. But the people that are behind him, uh, hangovers from the Obama administration, which a lot of people believe that uh, Biden is Obama's third term. He's just shut down everything because out of spite or what is it? I don't know. Um, he shut down the oil industry. He shut down the economy in so many different ways. Uh, taxes, uh, inflation caused by all the spending that he's done. And he was warned about it and he did it anyway. So basically the switch is on, on off and that is Biden. It's really we great to, to, to yeah, to, to hear, um, <laughs> you know, all, all, the, all the background that that goes into to all of this. And I'm sure it's what you um, you know, hope hope the people who who look at that photo um, they can glean that as well. What is your take though on on comedy currently? Um, satire, you know, the angry mobs have come after everyone. I'm frankly just amazed uh, that they haven't. I mean, maybe they have come after you. How have you not been canceled, my friend? 
I, I just don't listen to it. You know, I'm, I'm going to say what I'm going to say. And um, I, I do get, you know, hate mail. Uh, I also get encouraging mail. They can waste their time, that, but I'm not here to uh, adhere to anybody's specific um, ideals. I'm only here to uh, adhere to mine and how I feel and what I what I feel is happening in the world today with issues. So I'm not too worried about it. as far as the comedy goes. Uh, I really appreciate some of the com- comics that have the cojones to get out there and bash the woke. I think they need more of it. I think they're going to see more of it. And uh, people are really getting tired of this politically correct uh, wokeness that's penetrating our corporations and our comedy and our um, I think it, it's starting to backfire. And I hope it shows up in the next election. Who do you think is funny? Boy, a few. Uh, Ricky Gervais, I think is hilarious. Um, I don't agree with everything he, he talks about, but that's the beauty of free country. And that's the beauty mm-hmm. of free speech. You don't have to like everything about everybody. Chappelle. Oh, Dave Chappelle, of course. Yes. I enjoy Chappelle. And he's he has a lot of courage to get out and, and say what he says. And again, I don't agree with everything he says, but he definitely has the right to say. It. And I think a lot of us have lost that characteristic about free speech. Free speech is there to is there for speech you hate. Because if somebody if somebody's saying something you don't like, that means your speech is protected. So uh, we need to really people need to really learn what free speech is about, whether it hurts your feelings or not. You should have the right to say it. I know you're a well-rounded guy, too, Tony, a busy dad and also a musician, which I wasn't uh, aware of. Maybe people people are familiar with uh, Tony and Tony and the Tigers. Is that right? Yeah, I retired about seven years ago from that. Um, I still get out the guitar once in a while and pick a little bit. But uh, I don't do it too much. I've been pretty busy doing what I'm doing. And I know you have a great website, a book called Make America Laugh Again. It came out a few years ago. So your work yeah. is all over the place, easy to find. We hope folks will go check check that out to learn more about you. But thanks so much for being here. We really appreciate it. AF Branco, our cartoonist here at Alpha News. Yeah, we do sure hope that you'll keep the laughs headed our way. I will. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much, Tony. And that'll do it for this episode of Liz Collin Reports. We'll be back again next week. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify or any other podcast platform. And be sure to sign up for our free daily newsletter on alphanews.org and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll see you next time. (laughs) 